This is the Mind and Wellness Podcast. We're raising mental health awareness by discussing the little things you can do to enhance your life, covering topics like anxiety, depression, and how to handle life's pressures. With your hosts, Scott Quinnell and Jennifer Herman. Together, we will show you how to improve your mind and wellness. This podcast is brought to you by the Midwest Center for Personal and Family Development, a mental health clinic in the greater Twin Cities area. No matter what, there are people to help. For more information, visit mentalhealthinc.com or call them at 651-647-1900. So Scott, in follow-up to last week's podcast about the five love languages from Gary Chapman, I thought today we would talk about the five apology languages that he and Jennifer Thomas collaborated and developed. Does that sound fun? Sounds fun. Here we go again. So just like the five love languages that can apply to couples, parent-child dynamics, it can also be helpful for yourself as an individual. The same concept applies for the apology, as it's helpful to know what it takes to give and receive a good apology, not only for yourself, but for interpersonal relationships as well. So Chapman and Thomas asked thousands of individuals two very important questions when they were gathering information to write their book. When you apologize, what do you typically say or do? And when someone is apologizing to you, what do you want them to say or do? Last week we covered the five love languages, and this week we're covering the five apologies. So pretty much if you aren't getting those love languages from your other partner, well, now we're going to talk about how to say you're sorry, right? <laughs> exactly. All right, so elaborate on, on the apologies. So you mess up. You express remorse. You accept responsibility. And you do something to reflect the situation. And for most of us, the general pillars of apologizing are developed around second grade. And to make a good apology, one or two of the apology languages are required to be considered a genuine apology. And if you miss the types of apology language that your recipient is responding to, they probably won't accept your apology. This is the theory. So the tip, Scott, is you can usually tell what the type of apology the person accepts by paying attention to the ones that they give. All right, so let's, uh, let's talk about it. Let's dive into number one. Yep, number one is expressing regret. And this is saying, I'm sorry. But those words should never be spoken alone. You tell what you're really sorry for. I'm sorry I lost my temper and I yelled at you. I'm sorry that I got home late and I missed the movie that you wanted to see. When you say, say I'm sorry for what you did, how in depth should you get to, like the more in depth, the more meaningful? Is that kind of what this one is kind of leaning towards? You know, that's, that's a great question. And it doesn't need to be. It's, it's saying, I'm sorry, and what you're sorry for. And it's really your language and your dialogue. Sometimes if you're really wordy, which I tend to be, um, 
the whole thought can get lost in the content. Um, so it really is, it's based on your style. The key here is never to say you're sorry, what you're sorry for, followed up with a but. I'll give you an example. I'm sorry that I lost my temper and I yelled at you, but if you wouldn't have given me that look, I wouldn't have been set off. Well, that's no longer an apology. Instead, you're blaming the other person for your behavior and you're rationalizing your behavior. So it's no longer an apology. All right, let's jump into number two. And number two is accepting responsibility, right? And number two, accepting responsibility is the behavior. And that is, I was wrong. I should not have done that. I have no excuse for what I did. I take full responsibility. And if it hurt the other person, if you let them down, why? why how did it impact them? And acknowledging that, taking the responsibility. And that's going back to, I shouldn't have done that because it hurt your feelings. You were looking forward to it. For example, um, I let you down. You were looking forward to me coming home early so that we could catch a movie. Okay, so let's talk about number three. Jen, what is number three? Number three is making restitution. And this one is actually one of my favorites. It's how can I make this up to you? I know I've hurt you deeply. I regret that. But let me make it up to you somehow. What can I do that would make this right between us? So before we go on, restitution, just for people that don't really understand what that means, restitution is finding a way to make it up to somebody? Correct. Um, it's kind of like the punishment that fits the crime. Um, how do you demonstrate that you're truly sorry? So it's kind of going the extra mile to, to make it up to somebody. Would you agree that there are wrong and right ways to demonstrate that you're sorry? For example, maybe going out and buying something super expensive might be viewed as not making a good restitution, but going out and maybe buying your spouse's favorite food from the grocery store and making a homemade meal that would be more on the good side of making a restitution, right? Well, you could incorporate the love languages. So if the love language is gifts, maybe, but really fitting the crime. So if the apology, what is the apology about? Well, how did you hurt the person? Was it what you said? Was it not meeting um, a need because you had plans and you broke those plans? So the restitution is, how will you make that up to them? Are you going to go out to a movie later in, later in the week, for example? One very common mistake that a spouse might make is on, honestly coming home on time, and we covered this earlier in this episode, but coming home on time saying, I'll be home at 6, and then they come home at 7. What's a good restitution for that one? So if that's a chronic thing, like you had said, um, I think you had mentioned that earlier, like I'm, I'm letting this person down because... Let's I'm, just say it's for dinner. Mm -hmm. For a nice dinner, one-on-one. -on -one, if, if the person has kids, the kids are at their friend's house down the street. 
And is this an isolated situation or is this a perpetual thing? Isolated. All right. So a great restitution for this would be is that you plan a nice dinner and you set it up where you have that nice romantic dinner later in the week. Yeah, so the person that needs to or does say sorry just kind of flips it a little bit and they're the one that plans the nice dinner for the other spouse to show up to and it's just easy as that. Because when somebody goes to the extra effort to make a nice dinner and you're late, and I'm not going to say that this doesn't happen once in a while, right? Where it, there's deadlines, it's traffic, but they, they go to that effort to make a nice dinner and you're late. So for them to see that you are making a meal for them and they know that you've put in the effort and, they, and you've actually done it, then they say, okay, you get it. And now you've done something nice for me. So that was number three. Let's talk about number four. All right. So number four is genuine repenting. And this is a desire to change. I don't like what I did and I don't want to do it again. So can we talk? Can we put together a plan that will help me to stop doing this again? So this comes down to a communication between two people and you're asking to say, I, I want help. I want to problem solve. And so number five is requesting forgiveness. Will you forgive me? I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me. I value our relationship. And I know I've hurt you. And I hope you will forgive me. And so in order for an apology to be considered sincere, there needed to be a request for forgiveness or ask for forgiveness Otherwise, you haven't apologized. All right, Jen, let's go into some hypotheticals, questions, and some scenarios. All right, I'm going to hit you with one right now. All right. For some people, it's difficult to apologize, and for some people, it's just as difficult to forgive. So why is forgiveness important? So think of it this way. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice, and the choice is to remove the barrier between two people. Whenever we hurt another person, we create an emotional barrier that doesn't just go away with the passing of time unless you're willing to put the work in it to go through the pain. To take down that barrier. Yes. And forgiveness does not just ease with our memory of what happened. So think about the phrase that we might be familiar with. Forgive but you don't forget. So that's where this comes from. Just remember, don't put pressure on someone to forgive you. It will come in time when they're ready. Yeah, because forgiveness is more meaningful when they're ready for it rather than when you try to force it out of somebody. Correct. And for if there's no forgiveness, a relationship really can't move forward. And so when people ask me um, what happens when an apology isn't accepted, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that a relationship is over, but that does mean that it's fractured. It's damaged in some capacity, no matter how big or small it is. All right, let's get serious. Somebody had an affair. Do the five apologies uh, play the same role? 
I would say in this instance, certainly the five apology languages are important. Forgiveness does not equal trust. What forgiveness does is open the door for the possibility that trust can be rebuilt. So let's go deeper with this, Scott. If you want your partner to trust you again, you have to be trustworthy, right? How do you even make something up to somebody after doing something like that? Like, I feel like you need 10 apologies in order to get (laughs) over that one. Right. So it comes down again through not only those five apologies, but how do you build trust? And that comes down to the person you hurt. What do they need to instill that trust again? So let's talk about social media devices, the computers, the, the cell phones, having access to passwords, telling that person where you're going so that if they feel compelled to drive by and see if your car is there, that's what it takes. That's what it takes. Yeah, sharing your location at all times, maybe putting like a find my whatever in your car because, mm-hmm. you know, you can put like a T-Mobile thing or something in, in your car and you can track it. Or your on phone. your phone. Right, yeah. Yep. Life 360 app. Um, I know Apple has those, I you know, the GPSs on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even counseling is, is pretty popular with that whole situation, isn't it? Yes. All right, question number three. How do you teach kids to give effective and sincere apologies? How do you teach kids to do this? I'm so glad you asked that because I think our kiddos get overlooked sometimes and we really need to talk about them too. So role modeling is the most important way to teach your children an apology. So I'm going to give you an example. So your kid knocks a jar off the counter and they say, oh, the cat did that. And you saw it happen. And so you say, "Uh, let's say that a different way. I accidentally knocked the jar off the counter. So you say it in a very loving way, but you correct the statement so that they can own what they did. And the most important thing as a parent is to not get upset about it. Especially if, you know, if your kid has never, ever had a situation where he's had to say sorry for something, the biggest thing is really to just take it easy, lead by example, like you said, and just keep your calm and not get upset about it. Right. And kids are going to make mistakes. Parents, adults, we all make mistakes. But reinforcing that, modeling that behavior over and over again saying mistakes are okay, you're human, I love you, and just reinforcing the behavior that you would like to see your child demonstrate. It gets down to that saying where you can't really succeed without failing like a million times. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, hopefully it only happens once that you knock the jelly jar off the counter because it can make a mess. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> if I mean, you've if been in the kitchen a few times, Scott. <laughs> if you're knocking more than two containers of jelly off the counter, then you got some against jelly, and that's not a good thing. They're leaving a little close to the ledge of the counter, yeah. So part two of this um, discussion about kids 
is that kids need to witness parents apologizing to one another. So let's say you um, have yelled at your spouse. It's just not um, good enough to apologize to your spouse later that evening and said, you know, I lost my temper. I'm really sorry. You need to, uh, um, let me back up, and then ask your partner for forgiveness. Right. Right? So we've done that. But then for you to go back and talk to your kids and say, you know what? Last night you saw mom yell at dad. That wasn't okay. I want you to know that I went to dad last night and I apologized to him and I asked him for forgiveness, but I also need to say I'm sorry to you kids. I should not have put you in that position where you saw that and my behavior wasn't okay. And with that, you can find us on Facebook at The Mind and Wellness Podcast. You can look up our website at midwestcenter4u.com. And please, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoy this podcast, we would really appreciate if you shared it with a friend. If you liked, subscribed, depending on what platform you are on, it would really mean a lot to us. And with that, thank you for listening.